Hey, what's going on, guys? It's Chris Mead back for another episode of the DDCX Exceptional E-Commerce Podcast. I got my boy Matt Moreau on right now, co-founder of Dermadry. Not a, uh, a sexy play in the DDC space or e-commerce world, but me and Matt had been emailing back and forth. He uh, had read my newsletter, and then I found out about the Dermadry. And it's a sick company, and for people that don't know, Matt, why don't you just start there, right? Like, co-founder, how long you've been doing it? Tell me a little bit about the company. <laughs> Great. So we started this crazy company in 2015. One of my buddies actually had hyperhidrosis. So he had excessive sweating on his hands, feet, and underarms. And he basically tried everything to find a solution for his problems. And he couldn't find anything. So basically, when you have excessive sweating, as maybe many of your listeners know, maybe you know as well, because I think you're in Miami right now, (laughs) which is pretty, pretty hot. So normal deodorants don't work. And afterwards, any solution from there is either very expensive, such as Botox, or is really hard to obtain or has big side effects. So for example, you have oral medication that makes your whole body dry. So it is kind of complicated out there if you had excessive sweating. So this guy, Maxim, he decided to find a solution for himself. And he built his own iodophysis machine, which is kind of crazy when I say it out loud. What he did is he plugged in battery packs to an aluminum bowl, a big aluminum salad bowl. He put some water in there and he puts his hand in there. And the contact between the electricity, the hands and the skin will make your skin stop sweating. That's very in simple terms. And he was like, the biggest problem in my whole life, which was my excessive sweating, was solved with this little design that cost me $10 to make it home. So him being an e-commerce, having a very entrepreneurial lifestyle, he had started like two companies before, me as well, and other my friends, we were also very e-commerce first. We were like, okay, this is too much of a good opportunity. We have to sell it to the world. Uh, we were like, okay, in six months, we're going to have this best machine in the whole world. And it actually took two years to have a Shopify store, be on the market, be able to sell some machines because we are... A medical device. It wasn't as easy as we thought it was, but it was super rewarding. And we can talk about that later because now uh, that we are a medical device, there's a lot of things that other companies can't do. We have kind of a monopole on the market. So there's like a lot of barriers to enter, which for us as a company is a huge advantage for sure. Yeah. Talk to me. So I've been on the website. A lot of our listeners probably haven't, right? So it's a, yeah. it's a quite large device and it, it costs a lot of money, right? So you have a, a bunch of different products on the website. How long did it take to kind of manufacture the first one? Did anybody have medical device experience? Like I didn't have volleyball experience. Right? Yeah, I had no yeah, idea yeah. how to build a volleyball net. What, what were those things? What were some of the key learnings that you took away from that? So so that's an amazing question. So basically, none of us were engineers. And maybe that's the reason why we were able to do this company. Because if we were engineers, we would have said, okay, no. To build this machine, it's going to take so much work and so much time. We cannot do it. Mm -hmm. Because we were so naive, uh, we didn't have any idea of how hard it was going to be. We're like, okay, yeah, it's going to be easy for sure. Let's go ahead. So basically, we're just like three guys who are one was had a finance background. The other one had more of a e-commerce background and had more of a marketing background. And we just starting reading as much as we can online, found the partners that we needed. That is something that I cannot put enough emphasis on. Hire, as you said in your last email, hire your, not your strengths, but hire your weaknesses. So we hired somebody who had a pharmacy a pharmaceutical background, and we hired some a team of engineers. But the fact that we were so we had no experience in this forced us to become the best 
in the business. So we were reading uh, seven days a week, uh, 24 seven about how to make the best iron tool versus machine. And I feel that because we were so naive and we had no information on the background, that just made us so much better at it. Makes sense. How important do you think having co-founders that did not overlap? Was it a good thing? Was it a bad thing? I mean, with us, like yeah. all my co-founders have different skills and yeah, it seems yeah, yeah. like the same for you. Do you feel like that's helped you or that hurt you? Um, that's a really good question. So basically the three co-founders kind of have uh, overlapping skills. So we were all like, we at the beginning, we were all like 25, 24, 23 years old. We had kind of the same similar viewpoints of the world. And we were maybe a bit too much in our own heads. Just the fact that, for example, we thought we were going to be able to build a medical device in six months. So I think that brought us a lot of naivety and a lot of like childlike innocence. We're like, yeah, it's going to be easy. Everything's going to be perfect. No worries. But I think that if we had somebody who had a bit more different qualities or different skill sets, that would have probably helped us out a lot. And that's why early on in the beginning, we reached out to different places to get those different skill sets. Okay, cool. So there's probably a lot of listeners that yeah. probably have had a cool idea for a medical device. They're like, dude, I don't want to get into that industry. It's too tough or it's going to be yeah. really hard to like even get it to market. How'd you, how'd you get anybody to care about this thing? You said you did over eight figures in revenue now, $10 million? Yeah, yeah, how, yeah. How do you, yeah, yeah. How we're do really excited. Because, yeah. So, so it's kind of insane. So basically what I would highly recommend is, so when Maxim, who had this problem, was like, okay, I have excess sweating. He found a solution for $10. We were like, okay, okay, okay. This is really interesting. So we did a little market research and we saw that all the other companies similar to ours had no Google ad, had very poor Facebook ads. And their websites were like back, like dinosaur era uh, internet. Mm -hmm. So we were like, okay, this is going to be so easy because usually people who do medical devices are like engineers. They don't have the skill sets to be marketers. But what happens exactly. is like people would build an amazing device and then a big company buys them. And then that big company will be able to market it correctly. So... That, I think, was really our strength, the fact that our competitors were so bad at internet. So, And that's what I would highly recommend to anybody who wants to launch a medical device. It's really, number one, understanding the, the field. So there's different types of medical devices. And number two, looking at the competition. For example, on our side, we were like, okay, there's so many different opportunities. Like we're looking at uh, nail polishes for people who bite their nails. Most websites who sell this is so bad. And just because it's called a medical device, a lot of people are scared of that, which creates an even bigger opportunity for people who want to launch an e-commerce site. So, um, yeah, so that's what I think that's really, because if you want to sell another drop shipping of clothes, if you want to sell another drop shipping of hats, good luck. Medical devices, especially yeah. class one, which is much easier to get registered. That's where you would have a much better opportunity to find a niche that there's no, almost no competition. That's such a good point. Especially if you're looking to start a business today, find an area that doesn't have, it doesn't have that marketing savvy, right? It's kind of chaotic and old for them and they don't understand the new way of thinking. Yeah. Any other kind of ideas or industries that you think are kind of outdated you think would be if you're starting a new company from scratch? You think, hey, this is pretty outdated. We should do this. So honestly, <laughs> right now we're in the microchip. We have, we're having a lot of problems with the microchips. And that is another thing I would definitely advise anybody who wants to launch a business. Make sure that your production is as lean as possible. Right now, 
we're having so many problems because, you know, of course, we're a medical device. If your listeners want to go on our website, we have a controller that controls a lot of different aspects of the treatment to make sure that it's safe, that you have, of course, we're a medical device, it needs to be safe. But that also brings a lot of production chaos because we have uh, different microchips. And right now it is hell to find these microchips. So we were like at certain points, we were looking at our board and we're like, maybe it's going to make us more money to sell just the microchips on our board instead of selling our medical device. It's exaggerating for sure. But this is for sure a market that is kind of untapped. There's a really monopolistic situation where there's brokers who buy these microchips and then they resell it really high. If somebody wants to disrupt this market right now, there's a, a crazy opportunity to make a lot of money, I'm convinced. Microchips, baby. Yeah, I love microchips. It. Yeah. That's, a, that's awesome. No, it's a, it's a, even more of a practical thing. One of my best friends growing up just got into uh, cementing and concreting. Wow. And he has like his own plow truck and does shoveling and stuff. There's not a single person like in an hour radius that is taking out a single Google ad or yeah. any Bing ad. So now he just has all the listings and he's booked up for the entire summer already. And yeah, it's, yeah, just, yeah. it's free traffic. So finding industries like that, it's crazy. One, I, I, got, I could take it two ways, but I'm, yeah. I'm just genuinely curious, right? Like yeah. I got sweaty armpits. I'm dripping sweat in Miami. How, how many times do I have to use this machine? Is it a week? Is it a daily occurrence? Is it a weekly? Like actually sell me on this thing. There's been times in my life where I'm like, you know, I can't stop sweating. What's going on? Yeah. yeah, yeah. How does it work? So it's, it's rather easy to use. You simply need to open up the machine, choose a setting for, in your case, it would be underarm, put the voltage that you want to use. You apply. Uh, okay. It's really, and I can put it on other parts of my body. I could put it like on my feet or my, yeah. So it's under only, my chest. Yeah. No, it's only for hands, feet and underarms. And then okay. you simply put the, it's like a really small electrode put the electrode under your armpits I wait for about 15 minutes and in most cases you'll be able to be dry up to six weeks which for people who have excessive sweating it's that's crazy yeah that's yeah. crazy for people who have excessive sweating they need to change their shirts like four times a day they spend a fortune on their deodorants people who have excessive sweating on their feet they need to buy like four different pairs of shoes every two to three months because their shoes are ruined. So yeah, yeah, this machine is really a miracle for people who have hyperhidrosis. This is sick. Yeah. That, dude, this is so cool because this is stuff that I never get to learn about. Or So obviously you can't just have this machine that's shocking your body back in 2015. Yeah. You can't just start selling it on the website without any like medical claims or like yeah. getting, I mean, I guess you could, but I'm sure you're going to get some lawsuits or whatever. Yeah. What's the process there? Anything that you guys like really fucked up on and wish that like I would have got these papers sooner or for somebody else starting a medical device company, where do you even go to get this shit and how much does it cost? It costs a fortune. It costs so much money. So, <laughs> so that that's once again, make sure that you, when you build the machine, you build it as lean as possible because it comes to bite you at the end. Here in Canada, we have an amazing a startup ecosystem. We were able to get grants from the bank. We were able to get grants from local government and we were able to self-finance. And the thing is, because we were so poor, once again, we needed to learn everything by ourselves. We needed to minimize every hour of engineers that we could spend. And that, because we were so cheap, that just made us so much better because we needed to know the product on the finger. Yeah, so as best as we could. So I think that's what really differentiates us from our competitors. But anyway, so we had so many fuck-ups on the way. So for example, we needed to, the first person who needed to regulate us was Health Canada. We send all our documents, we send uh, everything over. And it usually takes about one month because it's called the self-declaration. You just say, hey, I got everything done. Uh, and then they just put the stamp on your self-declaration that you say that you did everything okay. 
So one month passed, we don't get anything. Two months passed, we don't get anything. And by that, we're, we're starving because we haven't sold any machines. We're like, you really need to pay rent. Three months passed, we didn't get anything. We're like, okay, we're, we're going to need to close down because we Health Canada is never going to give us our authorization to sell. And it turns out that after two weeks, they gave us the right to sell, but it was in our spam. So after three months, we, we could have sold the machine. We could have built our rotation, our brand. But uh, yeah, this, the, so our, the main fuck up, always check your spam because there might be really important emails in there. Dude, that's so funny. That's that's actually funny because I've, I've been waiting for my money back from the IRS for my taxes for last year. Yeah. And they said they emailed me six months ago and it was in my spam too. And I never got the spam message from the IRS. I had to call them yesterday, sit on the phone for two and a half hours. And then finally I'm getting my money in four to six weeks. Okay. okay. Just so stupid. So many stupid mistakes like that. So I know, I know you guys are in a lot of different countries. Yep. Uh, you're telling me about, are you also in retail or is it hospitals? Who do you, who else do you sell to? And walk me through that. Yeah, absolutely. So we are in retail in Canada. We're in Costco and we sell on Amazon. In other countries, we do retail, but it's really on a distributor base. As a medical okay. device, it's so much more complicated than a DTC, meaning that Every country has their own rules and regulations that we need to apply and to uphold. We're really lucky because one, the, the other one of our strengths is to always find the little guidelines that allow us to sell in a country, even though everybody else says like, you're not allowed to sell there. And so that's one other of our strengths is like finding the loopholes. And if anybody at home is listening to this, like there's always a loophole and make sure that you know it because that's what's going to be able to differentiate you from your competitors. Are you working with a lawyer to find these loopholes or do you have somebody internally yeah, trying we, to comb what countries you could get into? How does that work? So we have a guy who in a past life, I am sure he was a private detector because he's always able to find the smallest loopholes that anybody else would never be able to find. And uh, for sure, once he finds them, we make sure that with a team of regulation, uh, we have some consultants, we make sure that, okay, are we correct saying this? And they're like, wow, we didn't even know about this. <laughs> Thank you so much for letting us know. And uh, yes, you guys are correct. That's basically how we move forward in a lot of countries. But now we're really proud because initially you find loopholes, these loopholes allow you to sell more. And then because you have more money, you're able to you know comply fully with all the local regulations. And then of course, now we're the most certified IM2F resistance machine in the world. Even though we've been on the market only since 2018, and our competitors have been there like since the 60s, 70s. So we're really proud about that. That's awesome, dude. Busting your ass for sure. Are you selling to hospitals though or like any kind of like boutiques places? I, I feel like it would be, I mean, I feel like my girl would be on like ClassPass finding like, <laughs> hey, there's a sweat place, go there for $200 or whatever. Is that a service that people are trying to buy from you as well? So right now uh, we are only for, it's called a single use device. So it's only one person who could use it. We would okay. love to in the future be able to do that. But right now we're just a single use device. Okay, cool. Yeah. Good to know. What about marketing? All right. How are you guys getting this out there? Is it strictly like performance marketing, like Facebook, Instagram, or is it yeah. how else are you guys thinking about it? So initially we did a lot of Google ads because uh, it's the thing that costs less. And afterwards we slowly grew into Facebook. That was a lot of fun as well. And we did a lot of affiliate marketing, which for us worked the best simply because it's hard to convince somebody to say like, Hey, put your hands in water with electricity and you're going to stop sweating. That is contrary to everything your parents say in your life. Do not get close with water and electricity. So having an affiliate say that not only is it safe, 
And not only is it not painful, but it's also very efficient. That is like the best way to build a reputation. And it was in our case because our machine is so weird sounding. And afterwards, as you may know, like Facebook, of course, iOS 14, it was kind of a huge game changer. So now we're much more present in TikTok because it's so much easier to create compelling videos at a low cost and getting views that we would never have on Instagram, even though we'd pay, that wouldn't get on Facebook, even though we'd pay. So it is kind of a blessing on disguise because leaving Facebook allowed us to spend more time and energy in TikTok, which at a fraction of the cost, we're getting like similar results. Cool. So you're putting a lot of dollars behind TikTok as well, or is it just more organic uh, content um, creation? We kind of realized that putting some dollars gives almost the same type of uh, interaction than free and organic. Um, so okay. right now we're doing, of course, a little ad spent, but spending much more of our time and energy into organic. Dude, over the last two weeks, we just started doing paid on TikTok yeah. and boosting the posts for followers. Yeah. And so we spent $100 and we've gained 8,000 new followers off a hundred bucks. Wow. That's amazing. And yeah. And- what was yeah, your targeting? I'm not the one in the ad platforms. Okay. I won't even lie to give you that answer. I just know it's from the social media manager says that. Yeah, but yeah, yeah. We, we were doing like the performance marketing with the TikTok agency. Yeah. We saw decent results, kind of like what you're saying. And then we did an in-app TikTok one where it's just boost this post. Yeah. And that's been crushing it for us. So now we're going back and like boosting all of our old posts. And nice. uh, yeah, so yeah. far, it's, I mean, it's, it's like a hundred bucks to see 10,000 new followers. Sounds good to me. No, for sure. It's amazing. The only problem with the TikTok that we saw is that it is a younger audience. So you can yes, have absolutely. a lot of more views. You can have a lot of more followers, but people who actually purchase, maybe it's not going to be the ones that TikTok push. So it, we, that's why initially we'd spend a lot. And that's kind of the realization that we got, but it is an amazing tool. And I definitely think the future of marketing right now is in TikTok. 100%. Yeah, dude. We have like a bunch of creatives on there just giving us content on a monthly basis. We have one like good looking college kid and he has to make five pieces of content uh, a month for us. And it's performing super well. So I'm going to keep investing in that. Love it. All right. Last question I got for you, man. Great. If you could go back the whole journey yeah. and do something differently, what, what was your biggest mistake? What was one thing that you could do differently? I think you, that's such a good question. I would have said maybe set more realistic objectives because when we founded the company, I'm sure maybe it was the same way with you. We were like, in three years, we're retiring. We're going to be on a beach in Miami <laughs> and my life is going to be amazing. And six years later, I'm still living my cold winters here in Montreal. <laughs> and so, but at the same time, if I didn't think I would make it so quickly, maybe I wouldn't have invested so much time and energy into the business. So that's a really good question. What would I say to a younger self? I would say just enjoy to the fullest because even the most stressful times when you start a business is such a beautiful time. It's just like we built like an empire, like a, you would build a boat in a day or two, whereas now it's like creating just a plan for the boat is taking like months and months. So just have so much fun at the beginning because you have a creative license that you rarely have in the, for the rest of your life. I love it. Dude, thanks so much for coming on. I appreciate your time. If you do deal with excessive sweating, check out Dermadry. Thanks so much, bro. <laughs> Thanks so much. I appreciate it. So that's another episode of My Biggest Lessons. Each and every week, I'll be having one of my favorite entrepreneurs come on, share their stories, their mistakes, the things they wish they knew. Entrepreneurship's a lonely road, right? You only learn by getting better. You only learn by making mistakes. So I want them to come on and share their stories. If you have somebody in mind that you want on, drop a comment, subscribe, share with a friend. Let's get the best people in the world on here. Thanks for listening.